Hello and welcome back to ATN Betches. I'm Sammy. And I'm Aileen. And this is our weekly succession recap podcast. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be so it is. Are you all right? We are getting into episode five today. Kill list was the title. And the entire Waystar plan goes to Norway to try to seal the Gojo deal for Operation Bleed, Bleed the, Bleed the Swede. Swede, which becomes so much more ironic given given what he shares later. Yeah. So we'll get to that. But Aileen, how, how are we? How are you feeling? We are well. <laughs> we are well. Okay. I really enjoyed this episode. Like, how many Waystar? Should we rate it? We could just get right into that. You I want to get right you into can it. start with your Waystar rating. When I started watching it, I was like, you know, this is kind of slow, but it was like this slow build and it was, and it just, got, I texted you. I was like, I feel anxiety watching this episode. And it was just like one of those episodes for me, one of the first this whole season that felt like an original succession episode where it was like about the business and like the subtleties and everything is happening off camera. Like all of the good shit is happening off camera. There was nothing like super dramatic. Like there was no death. There was no, you know, potential OD. Like there was no Kendall's dying on a, on a floaty. Like there was none of that. It was just, there was no pregnancy announcement. It was just like business and I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I, I'm giving this a 475. <laughs> wow. You're giving this higher than last week. That Be- is because interesting. Not because but because of everything I said. Like it was like this slow build where the car- there were so many power plays. There was so much like just skillful dialogue in that, like there were just great insults that were just totally under the table, like, but veiled with business. Is that the right phrasing? You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, it had this like cloak of business over it. You know what I mean? Like, it was just so good. I don't know. Even though in the beginning, I thought it was slow. I was just like, by the end of it, I was like, wow, I can't wait to watch that again. Like I texted you that and I haven't felt that this whole season. Wow. Okay. I mean, so I I totally agree with you on so many of those points. I think, especially the um, the fact that you said it was very OG Succession style. Yeah. This 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 episode reminded me sort of a combination of the shareholders board meeting when Logan oh. went piss mad, where there's sort of like a time urgency. I love element. that retired janitors of Idaho. Yes. I love that episode. It was so it, fucking funny. It also sort of reminded me of the Turnhaven episode. And yes. I think some of Succession's best work is when you take this group of people and you put them in sort of, you take them out of their element and you put them somewhere where they're not running the show. And it always is really, really funny when that happens because they're sort of oddities and um, weirdness rubbing up against other people and their oddities or weirdness or whatever it is, is always really, really fascinating. And the fact that they're under pressure, um, it's st- Logan's funeral still has not happened. Like we, the man is still at Frankie Campbell. And that was part of the tension too of the episode. Like it was like the timing of it added to the tension. Like these, they haven't even buried their dad. They're like, 
it's like high pressure. Like they need to get this deal done. They keep asking, what would dad do? They haven't even buried dad. Dad is sort of just like there. He's still not, his soul is watching. You know, he's watching this. I w- I agree with you about those two episode shout outs. Uh, totally. Like the Turnhaven one was, per- it was almost just like this. It was, was it? No, not, not even Turnhaven. The, um, Argestes. Argestes. Well, I, I think this is actually I, – I was one, I was thinking it was it's kind of like both, but I felt that it was a little more like Turnhaven in that a, – a, a, but they were sort of on the other side. They were the one who's being acquired rather than the acquirer, but yeah. they're being hosted on someone else's turf, and yeah. they have to deal with that per, their culture. And the Waystar culture is very particular. So them going up against like so a more progressive culture is – quote-unquote progressive culture is always very interesting. I love it. And as Kendall says, <laughs> you need friction for drama. Oh, my know? gosh. So I love when he defines drama for us, dramaturgically. Yes. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, you, Jeremy the friction. Strong. But it's true. That is what this is. Like anytime they go on a like non-wedding field trip, like drama ensues and there is just like palpable friction. Right. Well, I think in this, so I think you were saying like there weren't many big plot points. So I think, I mean, that obviously not every episode can advance that way, especially not in a season that is taking over place over mm-hmm. 10 days. So not everything can be like a major twist. But I felt that, right, like you said, like despite the lack of any major twist, there was so much friction and shifting. And it was such an interesting just examination of people's dynamics. I give it a 4.5 mostly because of the dialogue. I thought mm-hmm. was really just so so good and like you said it took what I think a lot of people would perceive as sort of a boring or hard to inscrutable episode what's going on. I think the dialogue is so mm-hmm. funny and just insightful. So I'm giving it a 4.5. Can you believe I'm grading it a little uh, lower than you? That never happened. I know. I decided to go. I really thought about this too. It wasn't like I was like, yeah, well, let's give it a good one. I was like, why did I like it so much? And it was just, again, like I love to just think about you're the CEO. You love business. <laughs> I love the business. But I love to think about what's going on behind the scenes, like the whole Shiv Matson of it all. That to me was what made it, like w- brought it up so many points because I'm like, wow, finally something is happening that I get to speculate about and like think about like when a scene ends before two people leave a place, you know, something else happened. And then there's like clues sprinkled later, like when she got a text from him, that means they exchanged numbers. Like, And then you watch it again and you see the way the camera works on like her face. Just talking about this one example, her face being like, what does she know? What doesn't she know? What did she have in advance? Like those kinds of things. I was, I was like, wow, this well, episode. She, on, in that scene, which we'll, we'll go into entirely, she offers him informal advice and then you never hear her give it. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of those instances where it ends sort of – a dialogue will end before a conclusion has been reached. And so mm-hmm. you kind of have to assume that they did return to it maybe in private and you don't know what they said. So then you have to kind of watch the watch the interactions between them following that for clues of what yeah. their new dynamic is. All right. So our scores are 4.75 from Aileen and 4.5 from me. Shall we go over a brief synopsis of the plot? 
Let's do it. Let's. I'm going to do a really brief, and then we can go over like all of our favorite moments, all the key moments, and all the exciting things we want to discuss. <laughs> okay. So many so, things. Re- so, Really, really top line. The they're planning to go to Norway to, you know, in the last episode, Matson invites them to come to the retreat, the corporate retreat. Kendall walks into the office, he gets an applause. They're the CE bros. And after that, they find out the whole team is going. So everybody goes there, all the key players, plus some few extras, because I knew that they were gonna do that just so they can get rid of them. <laughs> they go there and they basically go into a negotiation, Kendall and Roman, with Matson. And there's just a lot of back and forth between our team and Matson. Our and team meaning Waystar. We're we Waystar. Are Waystar. Yeah, <laughs> we are we are from the perspective of our team and Matson. And then there's all these power dynamics that shift between the siblings, Matson the old guard, there's like Jerry of it all. And basically the twist is that Matson, I keep wanting to call him Eric Northman. Eric Northman wants <laughs> ATN. He wants to bring an ATN and he's offering way more than they had expected to negotiate up from. They wanted to negotiate from 144 to like 148, 146, but he offers them like 187 and you fold in ATN. So this is per share, by the way, per share, per share. So this like this really rattles them because there's the whole emotion of it all with dad and all of that, because this is dad's baby. There's Tom. So then they have to discuss that. And then there's all this fun conversation that comes in between. Matson has a really interesting one on one with Shiv, which we will definitely get into. And in the middle, Kendall says, actually, second twist, I want to tank the deal with Roman. And after that, they decide to go tank the deal. They pull their maneuvers that were quite obvious. Matson discovers it. They have a really big confrontation on top of a giant mountain, <laughs> as, as they do in succession. And they go back to the plane. They go home. And actually, twist number three, Matson increases the deal even more to 192. And everyone's congratulating Roman and Kendall, and they did a good job. But really, question mark, did they? So that's kind of like, and then there's the kill list, and we find out who's killed. And that's also a huge part of like the twist number four, because it's all of Shiv's top peeps. So who are kept? Ships, hot peeps who are kept. So it's interesting because like everyone thinks that Kendall and Roman got the bump in the price. Ship thinks she got the bump in the price. And Kendall and Roman are like, fuck, we didn't even, we wanted this to not happen. So they're kind of like, did he outmaneuver us? Why does he want this so badly? And it, was he going to pay this the whole time? Right. Did they actually do a good job? Because like, did they maneuver him by having that like accidentally by having that like emotional by t- a showing him that they want to tank the deal and b having that emotional fuck you like I don't care about you because they kind of said like I don't even care about the deal, which is the ultimate move really when you're negotiating. Yeah. It's like I'm I'm down to walk away like fuck you I don't need this. But also Matson might be like Matson isn't. Like, yeah, people say he's really smart, but he kind of is a little bit off. And it's possible that he right. just wants to pay 192 as like a spite price. He really believes that he knows what to do with ATN. Kendall doesn't really know what he's talking about either, but he is right that Matson does not understand the asset that is ATN, that he is 100% right about. 
But then there's the part that's like, Kendall and Roman don't even – why do they want ATN other than just sentimentality? The reason well, Logan I don't wanted think Kendall ATN, does. I don't think Kendall no, he wants ATN. But, but, but he, he wants it as like a, a chess piece. Roman wants it for sentimental reasons. Shiv doesn't want it because she says that they should just keep one of Logan's sweaters less mm-hmm. racist. That was so funny. Um, but, but I think that they – they're to me a little stupid to want to keep it. Even though Kendall is right about why Matson shouldn't want it. Because I think that like Logan wanted it because he cared about being this influential, political, like kingmaker and being the one who would get to decide who the Republican nominee is and that would mm-hmm. ultimately help his business. Kendall and Roman don't seem to have any real passion for that. Well, that goes into exactly like the why they want to tank the deal. Like he doesn't want to tank the deal because of – like, it's all personal. Everybody has their own personal agenda. It's not, like, what's best for the business. It's what's best for me, number one. So, like, when Kendall goes and once says he wants to tank the deal, he says, I like running it. We're good at it 24 hours later, right? He says – but then he says some actual – things that he should have started the whole conversation with if like you were thinking about the business was that he is a bad fit mm-hmm. and he's going to destroy everything dad built. That's very, very possible. Right. But really that's not why he wants to take the deal. He and he and Matson do not gel whatsoever. They are, if that's real friction, like they do not get each other. He said, okay, come on. Like, enough now. Like, is this conversation better with subtitles? Maybe it was funnier with subtitles, like that kind of stuff. Like, after Matson has like sort of humiliated him subtly, but not so subtly, and the whole family, he was like, I want to tank this. Fuck this guy. I want to screw him over. Meanwhile, Roman only doesn't want to give ATN because of dad and also because he thought like, oh, maybe I could be the lead of ATN because dad sort of put that in front of him. Meanwhile, Shiv, Shiv just wants to beat out her brothers. She doesn't want even to be like she doesn't really care about anything. She wants, they're already rich, as they said. They're all already rich, which was a great line, by the way. Um, but yeah, so nobody's in it for the company. Nobody. No, the, the executive board is, actually. No, I know. I meant the, of the yeah. three of them, of the three well, of them who well, are negotiating. That was, that was why it was a funny line when Roman was like, if an SEC, is it, if a deal tanks in the woods and nobody yeah. hears it, is it still an SEC violation? Well, because, so they would, they technically are supposed to, the reason it could potentially be an SEC violation is because they are obligated to gr- create the best uh, price and deal for the shareholders. And what they did would not have done that. So mm-hmm. ultimately, they could – if people knew about that, they could get in trouble. But like you said, their point that Matson isn't a good fit, at least for ATN, at the, at the very least. No, but the whole company – he's saying it's not a good company. He's going to destroy everything dad built. I like no, I think he, I don't think he's necessarily saying he's going to destroy it. He's saying like good parts, bad brand. Maybe he could make a better brand. Like I don't think that Matson is has to be a bad buyer for the whole company, but the way that they're conducting business is definitely not going to make him a good buyer. Right. Well, actually, about the the point about the executive team is that they're in it for the business. The only person who's in it for the business is Jerry. The other two. Just want the highest share price, so they because they know they're going to be cut no matter what. They want out, yeah. like they just want the share price, so they can you know golden parachute it out of the of the whole deal. They knew they were going to be on the kill list. They just wanted to get their the highest share price, so they get the they make the most money. 
which is also good for the shareholders to get the highest share price. Totally. With steep premiums on perks and off-limit amenities, fitness can end up feeling like a world of no's when all you want is a place that says yes. Fitness should be affordable and extra amenities and perks shouldn't break the bank. That's why the Planet Fitness Black Card is the most inclusive membership. They're removing fitness limitations, giving more access to perks and boosting energy for all. We all know those gyms, you know, the ones with a running list of amenities you don't actually get access to unless you pay additional fees for every use, or those gyms with perks you only get access to on their terms. Those restrictions can feel like a letdown, a disappointment, or even a reason to not join at all. But Planet Fitness is changing that. This March, Planet Fitness aims to prove that with the PF Black Card membership, all the perks are actually for all. Their most inclusive membership allows you to bring a friend for free and access all 2,500 locations. You even get access to the Black Card Spa, including the relaxing hydro massage and other amenities. And with a Planet Fitness membership that offers all the perks and doesn't break the bank, you never have to hear that energy-sucking no again. You can try the Planet Fitness Black Card for yourself by visiting planetfitness.com gyms. Join today for $1 down, $24.99 a month, Deal ends Friday, March 15th. That's planetfitness.com slash gems. Birdie Gray has always been known for their chic and affordable bridesmaids dresses. But this spring, they've got something extra special for the bride. Little white dresses. So starting today, you can shop their entire collection of little white dresses, LWDs. Fun fact, they've teamed up with vlogger and bride-to-be Laura DIY for this collection, which I might say is perfect for bachelorette parties, bridal showers, and kind of everything in between. So let's talk trends for a second. Thanks to TikTok and Instagram, pre-wedding parties have become almost as big as the wedding itself. And believe me, Birdie Gray knows the pressure to find the perfect look for each event. That's why they have a range of styles from oversized bows, fun pearl accents, to sexy satin miniskirts and feather trims. Speaking of trends, they also have a pair of mesh opera gloves with pearls that will look super cute with any of these dresses. And as if Birdie Gray dresses weren't already affordable, these little white dresses are all under $150. So visit www.birdiegray.com to peek at their latest bridal collection. That's B-R-I-D-Y-G-R-E-Y.com. Happy shopping. Yeah, speaking of Jerry, there were a lot of really funny quotes within all of this, like, I can't to fuck. Like, that was really good. And, like, all of the lines where they're, like, the three fucking tears, the quad squad. Like, there was just great lines. But my favorite line of this whole thing was Jerry, when she sort of steps into this, like, calm down, guys. Like, I'm the CEO, kind of. She's like, they're European. They're soft. Hammocked in their social security safety nets, sick on vacation mania and free healthcare. They may think they're Vikings, but we've been raised by wolves exposed to a pathogen that goes by the name of Logan Roy, and they have no idea what's coming to them. But then, but then, what's his name? The other one, Hugo. Hugo goes, We're snakes on a plane. <laughs> that, was, that was just such a nice, it was just such like a true, that's so true. Like, like we're from the US. <laughs> I felt like that was ad libbed. That I can't explain. Like something about you, that to me made me feel like they didn't like put that in the script because it's did. a little too camp, campy. But I, I loved I, yeah, it. I, I love that line. Jerry delivered it. Amazing. Uh-huh. I kind of love that uh, Carolina and Jerry were the only ones that that got to stay. Not only because Shiv told them told him that, but because they're obviously the most competent, right? And they're women. Well, it probably sucks for Carolina and Jerry to stay as the only women 
unbeknownst to them, there was that really funny quote that Matson said when he was introducing Shiv to Ebba, and he goes, Ebba is like an estrogen air freshener we keep around <laughs> to try to keep us smelling clean. And she replies, it's okay. I keep notes. When I walk, it either goes in my book or they pay me off. <laughs> she was really funny. Just she uh, she walks out of the screening for the movie and she's like, it's incredible. <laughs> when Carolina sort of like makes this backhanded compliment like to Ebba, when she goes, you look very refreshed. Like you look well, very refreshed. And Ebba's like, ugh, what does that what did that mean? Like what was she trying to say by that? I think she was trying to disarm her or say maybe like you look better than I expected. I think it was just trying to – it was sort of like, a, you know, like an athlete trying to psych someone else out. That's how I felt that the whole thing she was – that's what maybe. she was doing. Okay. Maybe. And because she said like hello in Swedish. Yes. You know. Carolina is great. She just – she her like you said, her voice is just – she just – I don't know. She really is good at comms. I hire Carolina. I have some other funny quotes I want to pull out because yeah. I just loved it. Connor had like three lines, one of them being so fucking funny. Like when he like overheard Kendall being like, can you just like take care of the funeral? He goes, I've got a pretty full plate here. I just had to cancel on a room full of working class whites in Cleveland. <laughs> it was just like the way he delivered it. It was just like so Connor. I, I mean, he had that. like, he had like three lines, but the, Total. The, the other – the funny line I had for Connor was he goes like, I want carte blanche. If I go into the embalming room and start throwing my weight around, I don't want to get blamed. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. He just went back to just being so absurd. And then even like a not – an off-screen thing that happened that I thought was just like dramaturgically funny. Yeah. Later in the episode, <laughs> Roman's like, don't send pics. Yeah. And later Connor sends him a photo while they're on their way up to the mountain to see Matson. And I thought that was funny because just knowing that Roman was the one who had sent Logan his unsolicited dick pic, he's now receiving an unsolicited photo of Logan. Yeah. So I just thought that was kind of that funny, is funny and karmic. And it probably fueled his like anger too. Like he just got like that shitty feeling in his stomach. Like he didn't – clearly like Kendall didn't want to see it. He's like, I don't want that to psych me out. And like, you know, right before we have to go do this negotiation. I mean, Roman was very much on edge the whole time. It just felt that – you know, when he, he's even nervous. when he's in the car and he's like, the seatbelt's choking me. And did you catch when they first, he first goes to negotiate on their two-on-one date with Matson, And he just, as he's walking in, he just sticks his finger in the caviar no. and then he puts it in his mouth. No. And he's like, yeah, our dad, you know, it's been a, hasn't even, wasn't yesterday. It's it been a few days. Yeah. He was really on edge. And I think that his final blow up at Matson was kind of just in the making. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know. Something I felt that was interesting between Kendall and Roman is that Roman is really devoted to going along with what dad said. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right thing or the wrong thing mm -hmm. or if Kendall or if like it's right because Logan was right or if it's right because like you should follow what he had asked them to do and wanted to do just two days ago. Yeah. And Kendall, I mean, I think Kendall's right that like maybe what he said wasn't necessarily the right decision. Shiv says this too. Like he wanted to like poison Brezhnev yeah. and hang Mandela. He's not always right. But I don't know if it's because – I don't know if it's because like they have resentment that's causing them to not go against what he wanted. Well, clearly the two of them don't haven't forgiven Logan. Shiv and Kendall. They're, you know, even when they he, they were saying bye, the two of them couldn't even just – like there's no excuse. And the other one goes like, 
what you did was unforgivable. Roman was the only one who doesn't feel that way. Like, he, like he he feels he feels the most loyal to the family in that like he he's the one who brings up Shiv and like wants to fold in Shiv and go by where like we're not gonna fuck you. Meaning Kendall. Meanwhile, Kendall is so ready to screw Shiv over can and Pinky the, dance. That was my wait, wait. That was so that line was so funny because when he goes, "Can Pinky dance?" and then. Roma goes, I mean, no, obviously not. And then it brings you back to that episode where she is dancing. And it was so bad. It was like Elaine Bennis dancing. And I like laughed out loud during that because I remember that scene that made me laugh then. It was just such a good, great reference. But yeah, Kendall doesn't give a shit. But but he would have – Roman doesn't care that she can't dance. Like that's – he's like, we're sticking together. Yeah. We're going to be the three fucketeers and do ATN Pierce. Yeah. I think Together. that Roman is definitely the 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 whole dad looming over the head is is messing. I think with his like clear clarity of like thinking. Even when Shiv points out the like negative press about dad and like the thing that Kendall went and did behind Roman's back, Roman hears it, looks up, but doesn't even like think much of it. Which like regular Roman, clear headed Roman would have noticed. No, I thought he noticed it. No, but he didn't think like, wait, why is that the plan? Even though we said that that wasn't going to be the plan. No, I think that Roman was like processing it and then just kind of had a lot on his mind. But I think that it was clear that Shiv knew it was Kendall and not Roman because the first time she confronts them about it, she does it in front of Kendall and Roman. The second time she does it in front of Kendall and Greg. And Greg was the source. Wait, when? The second time when she, she walks up to Kendall and Greg. And she's like, how did they how did it get out to journalists that this retreat isn't going well? Like oh. who's spilling this? So she didn't go up to Roman. She goes up to the two people right. who are responsible for that. I think she knew who it was. I think Shiv is collecting secrets like yeah. poker chips. She has the pregnancy. Definitely. I think she knows that Kendall is is putting out bad stories. She's savvy in that way. She has this whole thing with the blood brick. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about when we rate you. Yeah. He rates you. <laughs> Matson does not rate And them. I want to talk about Shiv and Tom. We must talk about Shiv and Tom and the ATN Menken thing. But mm. there's so much to get into. So much. Shiv is collecting – she is collecting secrets because also she – something – I guess we can talk about the ATN Menken thing now. She hears – I don't know how she hears, maybe from Nate who's going to pop up according to the previews. She hears that Jared Menken was on the phone during ATN's morning editorial call, which is really, really not cool in, you know, journalistic practices. Like even – that just wouldn't happen even it's if they Fox were News. kind of – Yeah, but like I even I think – I can't – I don't know if Trump was ever on an editorial call. Like he would call into the network. But it's very much – you know, there's a line. And Shiv said that. Kendall said that. And Roman tried to sort of defend it, but he blames it on Sid. And then that kind of comes back at the end of the episode when Shiv and Tom are on the plane together. And basically Shiv says, like, there's going to need to be some changes at ATN. And Tom thinks, oh, don't do this to me. Like, don't fuck me. And she actually says, like, no, like, Sid has been – Sid, yeah. something's, like, up with Sid. And he's she's like, do you want to tell her? And then she's like – don't get a boner, Tom. <laughs> do you, And then she goes like, do you want to go to dinner? So she's kind of like flirting with him. And before he can answer, she gets a call from Matson saying like, are you with your brothers? Take a picture of their faces and send it to me. A little weird, a little flirtatious, the whole thing, very 
something. The other thing that like I think was also a theme of the whole episode was um, like the old people versus the young people. And there was one funny scene when they were on the plane with the compression socks. Mm-hmm. Like, that was so <laughs> I was like, funny. I can relate because I just bought compression socks for our flight because um, I needed them. But I thought that was that was really funny. And then when the two of them are sitting outside after the sauna, because the other ones are trying to like show that they they like, you know, care yeah. about staying and the other time I like, fuck this. I know I'm out. So I'm staying out here and not going into that death sauna. Do you love making money, but also love spending money? Don't we all? Now you can make money while you spend it every time you shop with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. So you can buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code BETCHES when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code BETCHES. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code BETCHES. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If I had an extra hour in my day, I would definitely be napping more. I would watch more of my favorite shows. And most importantly, I would connect more with my loved ones. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Personally, I've been to therapy for many years now, and nothing has helped me more than therapy and figuring out what are the priorities in my life, what are the things that I need to do to strengthen my relationships, to make the most of my day, and to make the most of my mental health. So I can't recommend therapy enough. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Okay, so let's do we rate you. All right, let's rate them. We're rating them number one boy out of the who's out of the will and who's the boar on the floor. All right, should I go or you go for the number one boy? You're my number one boy. I can go and you tell me if you agree with this one. Mine was Roman, particularly for his final scene on the mountaintop, where which ultimately results in getting them to a price of $192 per share. Mm. And just I felt that that was like such a coming out moment for him. Who did you have? It's funny that you interpreted it that way because uh, uh, for for me, the number one boy slash woman is Shiv. She really came out from like being the boar or whatever I put her as last week to number one gal. And I can go through all of my points <laughs> to support that. But funny you said that that's what got Roman your 
um, vote for number one boy because that's what got Roman for me as out of the will. Fuck off. And then I have I have Kendall sort of he's like if we're if we're looking at a Venn diagram, Kendall's in the middle uh, between both of those things. He's both out of the will and number one boy because he's like <laughs> sort of on both sides right now. And then like he's gonna fall to one, I think, in the next episode. But Roman locked it even further for me because he got really emotional and accidentally, yeah, he increased the deal. But we all know Shiv really increased the deal. And he's the one who kind of lost his cool. And during all of the negotiation, he didn't say anything worth of value. He kept just looking at Kendall. He didn't like say anything. And he's meanwhile getting fucked by Kendall. <laughs> and right. because he's sad, He's just kind of like you said, he's going with the flow. He's just like Kendall goes, I want to take the deal. He goes, okay. <laughs> like he doesn't fight for much. And then these now these categories don't really make much sense because, you know, Logan is there's there is no, no. he's no there's no favor to Logan um in relation to Logan's like feelings. So it's really who's just kind of like, I think on the bottom of the episode. Yeah. And the who's the winner of the episode and who's the bottom of the episode. And then Boar, I still think, is like the loser. <laughs> like, not the bottom, but like who really just got humiliated. Cringe. Most cringe. Yeah, most cringe, for sure. Well, I think I think it's kind of like who – I think of it at this point as who is kind of making the best moves or the yeah. best – It's. I also found it very hard to categorize this, this episode because of how everything is moving all the time forever. Yeah. And it just felt that everyone was sort of shifting – the reason I had – you've kind of persuaded me at this point, but the reason <laughs> that I had Roman as number one is because he was sticking to what Logan would have done. And as we know, Logan never gets fucked. So, I mean, other than when he died. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, but I did think but, of that. <laughs> but, but, like, I really felt that he – here's the thing. What he did on the mountaintop is something that could go either way. It can be very advantageous – but there's too many things to play out to kind of know what whether that was good or bad. I think you can't tell immediately because so they get the the price higher, but then how will it still unravel eventually? Will that and then will that be worse? Will the fact that they're taking this deal in fifty percent stock be a, a problem when Mattson maybe does screw certain things up? So I don't know. I just felt that Roman asserting himself rather than to somebody who Matson just keeps dicking them all around. Yeah, I agree. Generally. And I felt it was very gratifying for Roman to stop, you know, make him kind of stop or make make Matson feel like no, I can't oh, you know, maybe I'm sparring with someone a little bit more more equal. I loved when he was just like, we are going to grind you down. We are sand in the gears. Every email is going to take like <laughs> six months. We're all going to spend like hundreds of millions of dollars. And in the end, you're going to get fucking bored and move on. It's not happening. Yeah, I fucking hate you. And if you tell the board I said any of this, I'm just going to say it was a negotiating tactic. And you know what? Maybe it is, but it's not. So fuck you. Yeah, that was really funny. Actually, just zoom out or zoom backwards for a second for a good quote. Like he speaks in like in such extremes, and they all sort of do, especially I know, when it I'm comes like to person. business. And it's but it's really funny. Like when Kendall goes, "Shiv, we're." 
we're death wrestling with ogres. And Shiv goes, you're reading documents. That's what you're doing, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> I just love when they're just that, like so intense. Like we're going to grind you to the ground. We're going to take six months to answer an email. <laughs> when he was trying to convince Roman to tank the deal. Oh, you're the straight r- rope walking on the razor. I hate when he says this shit. I mean, that's a correct analogy. And <laughs> Roman was right to call him out that that is sick if you think that's something to smile about. But Kendall he loves, goes. He loves the he loves the um, drama. He loves the tension. But what is he saying when he's saying this? I just think it's field of force time. Choose our adventure, full bore. Fuck the living shit out of this thing. <laughs> you with me? It's like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about like year over year revenue growth? Like, is that what? What are you saying? What is, full, uh, yeah. what is full bore? Like, oh, we're going to really increase that stock price by yeah, a few like, percent. Exactly. It's all emotional. It's like, let's take over. That's all he's saying. Let's really lead. But to do what? Like, talk about parks business? Like, right. Well, it's funny because he he's teaching this. He's treating this like they're going to war. Yeah. Lo- Rome, Logan had called them, you're playing toy fucking soldiers. Yes. And then in this one, Matson says, like, you guys are acting like a bunch of Scooby-Doo's. Your dad will be so embarrassed. Yes. Didn't you think it was interesting that the contrast between how Matson was like to Shiv, like, I like you. You're like your dad. You can take a joke. You're not judgy. Yeah. And and he uses that to kind of like endear her. And yeah. then with with the the guys, he uses it to to mm-hmm. humiliate them. He knows what and he's make doing. Make them feel ashamed. He's like, your dad would be embarrassed. I like dealing with your dad because he was a prick. At least he was, but at least he was honest. He would be embarrassed of you right now. And that's what really made Roman go off. Yeah. Another thing when Roman went off is that you really see how much he loves his siblings. Like he kind of tries to defend them. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm fucking dead. It's I'm fine. I'm okay. But fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I th- I I think Roman while and you're I agree with you that like Roman did stand up and he was honest and he did the thing by like sort of telling him to fuck off. But again, like they need they can't sort of t- Tanking the deal is not in best interest for anyone but them. And or so they believe, right? So like really it's not it's not for it's not good that he did that. Except for the fact that now like it's like you say it's hard to say except for the fact that now the share price has gone up. But it's we don't really know like if that is because of what they said. I don't think it, it actually is because of what they said. I think it's more so about between the conversation between him and Shiv. Well, I think it's because they walked. And because – so Shiv, Shiv set, set that up and then they actually walked. So I think he he only – when they were like, we we aren't selling to you, he gave them a price. It's like giving him an offer you couldn't refuse mm-hmm. because, as a fuck you. And no, then it fucks them if, – if, if it does ultimately fall apart, he fucks them even more because they didn't end up taking this 192 per share. He let Carl know that that was the new price, meaning like you can't hide this from – Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Did he call Frank? <laughs> Fuck. Frank. I can never – I just see like the same person. I know. I know. They're just a blended human. Okay. Shiv was my number one boy and my um, out of the will is Roman. Who's your out of the will? My out of the will is kind of – it was – I, I kind of think it's – I put it as Connor. Like he's just, just to have some kind of hard. ignored. I, I, I guess I think Kendall is going to be out of the will next week. But not and that's why week. I didn't put him this week. I yeah. technically think he should be out this week, but only as like a preemptive strike for next week. 
I think he was too good at negotiating in this, like in, in terms of like his, his business, the way in which he was like appropriate. And he called out Matson for being like, he was calling out Matson in an appropriate way. Like, yes. don't humiliate us like enough with this shit. Like the only place where he really fucked up was the tanking the deal, which is, which is why they were like, sort to me, they, he hovered, which is why Roman kind of lost out of the, t- who was out of the will. You know what I mean? I don't think that they I don't think that the that this is complete to know whether they did the right thing or not because Oh sure, totally. Because, I just mean in this episode, yeah. this like 1 hour span. I agree that he was appropriate, but I think that ultimately that is just a mask for what he's ultimately totally. going to mess up. And okay, in the previously on Succession recap, they show him saying like to Frank, he's like I'm just going to do the deal and I'm just going to do the deal and get out. Yeah. Then literally 24 hours later, he's like, we're good at this. I like steering the ship. Let's go from weekend because warriors to one, full bossing. Because he got one applause after Hugo is like, goes, but ahem. <laughs> right, but he doesn't even, right. And yeah, like he, he comes to work. He does nothing. He's like, oh, should we spend more money? Yeah, okay. <laughs> he fucks with his dad's reputation. You know, it, he, he trusts, he makes the, in my opinion, mistake of trusting Greg to be honest, because Greg can go back to Tom. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that he is just kind of like, he shouldn't be so swayable on his emotions, whether he's going to sell this company or not. Like the selling of the company was never at issue. The question is whether you refuse to sell because of the ATN piece. And he just takes this opportunity to be like, I I changed my mind. I'm going to run this. But why? Because dad's out of the picture. And it's emotional. He just can't help it. His, yeah, he can't help it. No, I agree. But in this one episode, he was a, he was pretty much an appropriate person to, to negotiate. The other thing that he did was, did you notice that in terms of appropriate, he calls Logan Logan to everybody. Oh, and everyone else calls and him dad. Not even everyone else. Like Roman. Roman calls him dad. This is dad. I noticed that. And that's... Quite immature for like a CEO, you know, Co- right. the CEO bro. Yeah. Like it's that to me is like it feels you feel like you know a Scooby Doo. But it also shows their distance from him that that Roman has not picked up on this yet. To that his name is you know you call him Logan. Yeah, you know, right. Like Jonathan calls him Terry. I think that the, <laughs> I think that the two of them also didn't like. When Matson is like, you guys, I can go directly to the board. Like, I could go around you two. You're temporary. You're interim CEOs. Like, you don't actually matter right now. And they didn't, I think they like overshot. But in the end, it sort of worked out. But now that because they did that, they are screwed, like Matson says. But anyway, I, I can see why you'd put Connor. He was just sort of like, you know, but he, maybe he's most in the will because he's planning the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of put him as out of the will because... His he is not driving the ship at all. No, he he doesn't want to. He cares about his election. No, but I mean financially, he's he could end up a little bit screwed by this because like most of his money is tied up in this, and he is known to be not so frugal and good at keeping his money. You know, he was going to spend a hundred million dollars in ten days to keep one percent of the race. <laughs> Although ultimately, that could end up being really important in potentially Megan getting elected. Just if Connor keeps 1%, but we'll see. 
I don't know. We'll I, I just chose that because he wasn't so active, you know, like kind of showing he's really not yeah. that relevant. But forget that. I, I I gotta. I'm of the people who were in Norway. I'm leaning Kendall. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Bore on the floor. <laughs> Bullshit. Bore on the floor. My bore on the floor is Tom. Okay. Just, just with the caveat. Like it, he's maybe he's not on the floor. He's like levitating above the floor. He's bore, bore on he, the low chair. He's piglet on the floor <laughs> because Greglet. he's a Greglet. He's a Tomlet. Um, because Tom. the one conversation where he sits down and talks to Matson to like kind of get his favor was, I had to pause it because I felt so uncomfortable. It was truly the most cringe conversation. That was my favorite scene. I think ever I paused it so I didn't have to like feel my feelings. Why? Um, it was so fucking funny. I hated it. I hated it. Oh, I was obsessed. It was so humiliating. It was like Tom goes back to square one, season one. It was just, ugh, you fall. Mind if I perch. Mind if I perch. And I'm um, gonna use that from now on. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> and then also to add to that, Greg is like sort of realizing that Greg is turning on him. And he's trying to be with the quad squad. He's no longer a disgusting brother. Greg is just the worst right now. I hate him. But if we're talking about people I like, Tom is the bore on the floor. Just when he just goes, Lucas, remember we laughed. We were at Sun Valley. <laughs> we laughed. It was just making so fun of Sundar's cargo shorts. Oh I assume he was referring to Sundar Pichai, the uh, CEO of Google. And Lucas is like, yeah, okay. We were just discussing like, is France going to make it? <laughs> like, will they make it? Birth rate, youth unemployment, sclerotic state, fucking angry Arabs and all that. Will they make it or will they pull a grease? <laughs> and Tom is like, well, I think what you need to know about from a U.S. news standpoint is that we really don't give a fuck. The U.S. is late imperial and we don't know because we don't want to know. We have our own Paris and when it burns, we'll build another. <laughs> Literally, like, there's just – and then he call, he does the eyes to, um, to Greg to come save him, but then – Greg tries to like speak up, but the, ugh, it was just that was the most cringe. He's like, I read thing. a great article recently in The Economist. Oh, The Economist, Silvu Play, tell us more. <laughs> the but the, the reason why I give a caveat is because technically he's like with Shiv, and to me it's even more obvious, like evident from this episode that they have like a bit of a pact going, and they're like that public tiff that they had that fight to me was like flirtation like they did it yeah in a planned way like it was just so obvious like he goes your earlobes are thick and chewy like barnacle meat <laughs> like, like what kind of stupid insult is that like to me it was all a big nothing and they were doing it publicly to kind of like keep up this facade that they're like not together or not they don't want to be together that their divorce is still on the on the way to being a divorce Okay, I don't think this pact is as explicit. No, right, as, right. No, I, I think don't it's mean sort of say, like an yeah. implicit attraction that keeps them bound together. And Tom doesn't even realize exactly how bound together they are is right. kind of the thing. But I think Shiv like, likes the the tension and the hatred. Like she was like yeah. trying to she step on the up. shoes. That was so funny. This These is why people take you, don't take you seriously because your shoes are so fucking white. <laughs> that, that was funny also because in the beginning – Kendall calls Roman when they get to their room and he's like, I already got fucking mud on my sneaks. He's like, how's your room? Mine's small. Is your room yeah. fucking small? That was very funny. 
Yeah, no, I felt that Tom – Tom, I think – I agree with you. Like, he's kind of the bore on the floor. He meets Oscar, I think, and he refers to him as Tom of Shaban. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was also interesting because when they first get to the barbecue, he goes to Greg, like, laid before you is a, fuck, is a chessboard. Every move you make is important. So it does show that Tom is – he's not – like checking out. He's really trying to do things no. strategically. Yeah, I agree. And he knows things. He's still very much in the know. Like he uses Greg to tell him like to spy for him. He's the one who Greg found out that there's a, definitely a kill list. He found out about the headphones about Madison, which by the way, <laughs> Leo do you know that? DiCaprio yes. inspired. Yeah. Leo DiCaprio from Dumois is, that was the thing about. I feel like that's been a rumor for years. A hint. I read it on Dumois. It was that like he likes to have sex with his headphones on, his noise-canceling, like, headphones, his beats, whatever. Yeah, that was very funny. And, um, which I could totally picture. It's so American Psycho. I mean, Madsen is, he's an asshole. Also in that perch scene when he was, like, to Greg, he's like, there's more of them? Yeah, I know. But that's what I mean. I think Kendall was like, fuck that. I'm not going to let you, like, he's all right, it's nephew. enough of that. Like, enough with this. But Matson was like, we're just killing time till, till your counteroffer. Yeah. That and was that good. leads into another conversation. But my bore on the floor was Matson. Interesting. I think of him as, well, here's the thing. Right now we think, oh, he's he's doing a good job. But we're not sure if 192 is like a smart spite price for him. Yeah. You know? Um, but, but the maybe reason that I, is the pr- like maybe he always had this like really high price. And he knew that he was willing to go up because he wanted ATN. I mean, ATN does add value to the whole company. Right. And he says he thinks he knows a way back for it. And Kendall's like, Kendall's like, oh, thank you. You'll you'll show a way back for our extremely lucrative and influential news operation. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Um, okay. My I think of Bore on the Floor as being like the most cringe moment. And I think Matson is a bit overconfident with him his whole existence i agree it's so cringe yeah it's like just oh uh, yeah just like in the beginning when he's just he just the way in which he he has his power play is cringy to me the way he how he talks he's like i want to buy our company for one, one single, single dollar. dollar but also i thought that was interesting because carl says to kendall early like logan would often open with a joke so that was like kind of Matson's take on a joke. And then there was and then Kendall, Kendall tried does. to do his own joke about the what is this, fifty fucking thousand dollar weddings for lawyers' daughters yeah. shots in the window. Um, but the most cringy thing I felt was Matson's blood brick story. Mm. I have to share the quote because this was just the way he delivers it was so funny and awkward. It's like, hey, I'm not gonna give you the whole backstory of anything, but I was seeing this girl and um after we broke up because of some things we said uh, when things were nice and intense, you know, as sort of a nasty, friendly joke about what I shouldn't do, um, I I sent her some of my blood, <laughs> uh, half a liter frozen blood brick as a joke, obviously. And she was like, wow, well, I mean, obviously, first of all, good one. <laughs> and then he's like, well, she got a bit weirded out when I did that and I just kept doing it again and again. And again, and then it became not a joke, and then a joke again, and now it's apparently not a joke. <laughs> and then he reveals that it's Ebba, and he says, you know, so should I just deny it, and and we'll we'll call it bullshit, and we'll lawyer it out. And Shiv is like, 
deniability is difficult <laughs> given she has so much of your, your bl- blood. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Question, because I kind of assumed this was like true. And I saw that people were speculating online that it was he he was just fucking with her. Yeah. That's what Why I thought. You, you thought he was fucking with her? Oh, Why do you I didn't know that people were speculating that. Why do you think he was fucking okay, with her? Okay, because I just don't let's talk about the scene. Like, okay, even just outside of Boar on the Floor. I just I this whole scene, the whole dynamic between Shiv and Lucas. I don't understand why he would ever tell her that. Like, what would give him – like, he is smart. I think that we – he can't be stupid. He can't be that stupid to just give Shiv this, this like, weapon against him, to use against him, blackmail, to know what he's doing. Like, why would he confide in her? That doesn't make any sense unless he's testing her. Like, to me, it makes sense that he's – dividing the siblings and he's trying to get her on his to like him to get on his side right and a great way to do that is to sort of give her the feeling that she has power and that's my thought is like he knows who Eba is she sees him we don't actually know if that's true to me that's so fucking deranged the blood thing that like i think I it's just, real I just don't okay if if it was real I wouldn't I wouldn't like be surprised. You called him Patrick Bateman on your own accord like a minute ago. I know so this is saying I would This is what I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised, but I would also am confused why he would ever do that. Cuz he is a fucking weird. I think he is but why like would a he little tell bit- her? Why would he tell her? Okay. That's what I mean. The reason I think he would maybe tell her is because, well, first of all, Ebba already knows. It's not like a secret. It's not a secret. It's not like he did this to a stranger outside the company. And I think maybe he thinks that he can gain some advantage to by let it by him telling Shiv rather than Shiv finding out herself. Mm-hmm. Maybe so he thinks, oh, he's disarming this one big vulnerability. I also think he is an overconfident guy and he he knows that Shiv wants the deal to happen. So she's why would she go embarrass him, especially when half of it is of the deal will be in stock? So why would she want to screw right. that up? So I think he feels like I can use this both to get her on my team, test to see how she'll receive this. And he says, like, I like you. You can take a joke. You're not judgy. You know, yeah, you're not judgy. Judgy. Three three point PR plan one, and this might be hard. Stop sending people your blood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't you, fire her. <laughs> then, then she was like, you know, maybe like a catch and kill, or just have like a really open meeting. <laughs> that was so funny because, and I think he wanted her to feel like she was smart. She was in. Yeah, she, I see that. I and, see that. And I think that like he's overconfident. He's an asshole. And he's a billionaire who thinks that he's invincible. And yes. I totally – these people are obsessed with blood. These like fucking yeah, weird guys. They're like obsessed with like their blood and their – And like sex and, 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 and their weird – sperm. Yeah. Procreation. So I totally believe he like has his no, blood I stored. Believe I believe that. he's making believe it that. into bricks. And he's inappropriate. So – and he'd already been making jokes about the lawsuit – He'd been making jokes to Ebba. Like, it just feels very real to me. So I think that he thinks he's more invincible than he is. And that's why – and it was the most cringe thing. And that's why I put him as the boring. I, You know, I can be really sweet either way. Like, I just didn't really get it. But maybe I see your point. I just didn't really understand why he would. But he was doing coke. 
And I thought he's also a to, weirdo. I thought the to add to Shiv's. Well, I thought the purpose of the scene also, like outside of, you know, to to test her was to show us that Matt Matson isn't this like brilliant genius like tech. He's a weirdo too, and maybe like his assholeness just is because he's a little weird, you know, like he's just like a little bit. Like his his joke about the single dollars, not because he's trying to be an asshole, but because he really thinks that was funny. <laughs> like he's just like a little fucking weird. And I agree. Like he probably has a lot of people around him that yes him all the time. And it's just a product of that. He's also probably done a lot of really fucked up things. And it's been fine. Yeah. And he knows that Logan has done really fucked up things. Like he's read the Cruises article. You know, yes, he knows sure. that he's kind of getting in bed with people who are probably at the same like ethical level. Right. As he yes. is. Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a very cranky kid. So I always reach for Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I love Little Sleepies. They are so soft and they also stretch out a lot so your kid can fit into one size over a longer period of time. There's nothing more annoying than buying one size and then they grow out of it within one month. The prints are just like so cute, but really it is just so soft. The bamboo, like I want my own. Little Sleepy Zip Romper Pajamas, aka Zippies, were designed with thoughtful details like fold over feet mittens, and a double zipper to make middle-of-the-night diaper changes easier. Made from their buttery soft custom-milled Lunalux Bamboo Viscose, their zip-footy pajamas are gentle and sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. Try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you will never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com. Promo code BETCHES. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y dot com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. One more thing to add to why I think Shiv was number one girl is that she pulled a great move with the Coke. 
when mm-hmm. he was like, you want some? And she's like, yeah. And she just kind of like talks over it and fiddles with it and just closes it and gives it back. She is drinking. Like she has some whiskey, but only tiny, tiny sip. sips. She took a tiny sip of the champagne at the end just so she looks like she's partaking. I think she's doing a great job at like hiding like yeah. signs of being prego. You don't even uh, need to take a whole sip. You just literally like, mm, just mm, mm, yeah. spit. Let's talk about the dynamic and like what we think happened because we do know now, just going back to the plot, is that after this, right? So after this, they have the conversation. Then they go back. They have the whole sort of Waystar cast together. The Roy's plus um, before they go up to the mountain, before the CU bros go up to the mountain. And Shiv, so everybody knows Shiv had this um, little meeting with him. And she says, she says he's willing to go high, to go get it. So like, it's almost like she knows and that he's, how far he's willing to go, I think. And then later on the plane, when he, they, Frank, (laughs) not Carl, gets the call. She's like, just, she's, they put the camera to her. Like she gets it and in, in in if if she actually f- had nothing to do with it she would never say congratulations guys to the boys she'd never and she said congratulations we did it guys we did it so not i did it or you did it we did it so i just get the sense that they discussed exactly what to do and maybe shiv understood all knows her brothers more than anyone and understood that they were going to kill the deal and it was a little bit transparent anyway like their tactics were just really intense what was the movie called calispatron hibernation (laughs) (laughs) like doing that viewing party um just but like it worked you know what i mean i mean and it just but it didn't because they he he saw through it and because their whole plan was like, make it his idea. We don't want to back out. But he's like, what the? F-? Not only does he not want to back out, he's willing to pay more. Right. I mean, at the, he there, there. I think there is something that we maybe don't that we're missing because he was like, I need to get this done quickly. Yeah. So why does he have to get it done so quickly? Like that. That's a question. What's the rush for him? Yeah. I don't know. It was so funny when they're talking about the uh, Calispatron movie. He's like, it's a fucking sleepy robot in a cave. How is that a quarter of a bill? <laughs> I know. It was really good. But like, what I, I just, we have to speculate about what the, else they talked about. They obviously exchanged phone numbers, right? Because he, right. he called her. And they then, might have had, or he might have had access to her phone number before. He could have gotten it from anybody. I, maybe, I think, I'll, I let's think say they, they exchanged, exchanged numbers, numbers. I think. I think maybe saying, she cut a deal with him. In some way, in some capacity, to be like, or maybe she's just getting favor, and like just again the power moves of everybody. At first, when when she was talking about, he was like, "Ebba doesn't let me in." How's your Carolina? And she's really, and Shiv goes, "She's really good." My first instinct was maybe he wants, he's kind of gonna tell, like, make Shiv think she can run all the PR. Yeah. Or all the comms, which kind of like makes sense if she is doing something. She does. I mean, she's the one who it. has all the all the PR news. She relays all the PR news in this episode and she, has her th- three-point PR plan. Yeah. And she's also already on to Kendall that he's the one leaking stories. Yeah. So I think it's possible because that scene ends where she's like, can I give you some advice? And he's like, yeah, I'd like that. I like you. You're like your dad. And then it kind of ends. She goes, so yeah. what advice did she give him? What ed- what did she try to get for herself exactly. from that advice? 
So that's we'll what I mean. There. I think she's trying to get something for herself. And that's why she, she feels is. so because we already speaking of the retired janitors of Idaho episode, she does that cut that deal with Sandy Jr. And she can tell that she's being sidelined. She, she do, yeah, she that feels morning, that she comes in and like she's not included in the first meeting. And then she's not even on the email about who should come to to Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank has to forward it to her. Or was it Carl? <laughs> that was that was Frank. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, I agree with you. There's something there. I kind of, if I were to redo them, ha- post this conversation, I would say Shiv is number one. Girl, Kendall's out of the will, and Bore on the floor is still Matson. Yeah, yeah, I think that they or Tom. They um had a chat, and you can see also, like I said, the way that the camera moves on her like learning information and she makes really good, like very subtle faces. Like she knows the information and her power, like her feeling of powerful was like just coming out of her body when she was like talking to Tom in the back of the plane, asking him to go to dinner, saying he wants, she wants to get rid of Sid. Like it was just like, we're going to make some moves. Like it's all, it's just, they're all so, they're all the same, those siblings. They it's just why like her get a, uterus is so big. It's full they, of secrets and a baby. They just get one feeling of power over her other siblings and they just think that they can take over the world. And it's yeah. what hurts them in the end. Should we do the forecast? Let's do it. Speaking Let's do the that, forecast. Because that does speak to what I'm forecasting. Okay. I think the deal is ultimately going to fall apart. But then I think that then or preceding that, I think that Tom and Shiv are going to team up. They're going to fuck Matson up and then position themselves How? for power. Because, okay, so Shiv has this like blood brick information. Uh, Tom has this information about the dino headphone, the headphones. I don't know why I said dino. Does that a, is that a Leonardo DiCaprio thing? I don't know. He has this information about the noise canceling headphones and he says something that I thought was a little bit of misdirection. He's like, what am I going to do with that information? Mm. I think once he and Shiv get together and they realize like Matson's a creep, they will get more leverage over him to make the deal go away maybe, but not in a way that screws up the stock price and embarrasses them. Um, I think that Shiv is also going to figure out that, or has already figured out that Kendall is the one who's fucking with dad's reputation and she's the one who wants to fuck the deal. And she's going to try to like maybe go to the board possibly or use Tom to sideline Kendall. I think he's going to go – in next episode, I think he's going to go so – like such beyond such coked out energy, I'll just say that, whether there are drugs involved or not, that uh-huh. I think ultimately it's going to lead her and Tom and maybe Roman to be like, you got to stop. He's going to get fucked. And then after it falls apart, I think Roman is going to be – like the ATN guy, because mm. that is clearly his passion in some like, or he's sort of just like tending towards it. Um, but I think that that will ultimately oust Kendall, and then Kendall is going to just act like a total fool for the rest of this, like just I, be on a decline. I don't think that Kendall is going to act like a total fool because I think that they he has unless the creators want to show that like Kendall has no growth, like is the only character who did not grow. Like, I think that they all had to have grown just a little bit. And I don't think Kendall's going to land. I don't. I really don't want for him as the protagonist to land where he started. You know, I just don't want that for him. I think that would be really annoying. I don't need a happy ending, but I don't want him to just sort of do what he always does. 
And sure that they're giving us parallels, like in the after the episode, um, Jesse Armstrong does the whole like, yeah, they have the parallel. He's going into the office. He thinks he's going to be CEO. In this one, he like is CEO. He has his rap in the car. It's the same. But I don't think I don't think it's going to go exactly that way. I feel like none of them are going to be CEO. I think that the deal will go through. Maybe not exactly as the way we're seeing it now. Like it's not going to go smoothly. But I do think that Mattson is going to end up manipulating all three of them individually somehow. And then rather than Shiv being the one to win out, I think all three of them are going to be manipulated individually. They're going to be broken up because they started in the season together. And then hopefully they'll come together in the end to get like together, not as like so earnestly, but, but not running the show. No one's running the show. I just I think don't, that's possible. I just don't know if – is that a good ending? <laughs> honestly, honestly, I, I think that what you just said for why you think Kendall won't – why this won't happen this way is because you don't think that it would – you don't want him to be the only one that doesn't go through growth. Yeah. And I actually think that like is why it's going to happen. I think right. that like he is the tragic character. He's the tragic protagonist. Yeah. I could see it both and ways. Yeah. I'm also thinking in terms of like how much of the show is left, you know, for things just to go a certain way. And I just think we're like watching, we're like Kendall just crossed over the, the top of the hill and is now going to get rolling down and continue yeah, picking his, up speed. His, 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 him saying he wants to tank the deal is bad, is bad for Kendall. It's not just that he said he wanted to do it. It's how. It's not just that he right. was like – let's, you know, figure it out. It's the way he did it. It's the way they didn't even prepare and they refused to prepare for any sort of real negotiation beyond just the price with Matson. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't think, <laughs> oh, maybe Matson will want to, right, maybe, yeah, below 144. 144. Net. <laughs> net. Um, <laughs> what did he say? Net unhappiness. Yeah. Or something like, yeah, that was good. Above 144. Or happiness. Net. Result, <laughs> net happiness. Yeah, like you didn't even think. What if? What if Matson tries to change the deal? What if Matson has some thoughts about management? What if he wants to discuss some of these things? What if he wants to carve things out or not carve things out? Like none of that occurred to them ever. You have I, a huge I conglomerate. Know. I agree. I I totally agree with you in the sense that like they would, they may just use him as the one who doesn't grow like you said, like tragic character, but I personally do not want to see that. <laughs> I just don't want to see it as the ending. I don't know if that will feel satisfying. And it's not meant to feel satisfying. I know that. But I personally will not be satisfied. I'm just going to say it out loud. If he doesn't, here. if he just if he, declines. If he just declines and there's there's no feeling of like redemption just a little bit maybe he's not this i don't want him to i don't think he's going to be the ceo of anything this is his only shot right now but i think he's going to have to just maybe he'll be forced with a reality check where he won't deal with it the same way he has before i guess that's we'll what see. i mean maybe maybe i um, i just i see it you just being see a very him, sad ending for he's Kendall. the blood I'm, sacrifice maybe yeah maybe you'll get like a Twinge of bittersweetness with it, but mm-hmm. I don't think that 
it's going to be. You think he's still, do you still think he's going to commit suicide? I do think he will. I think that that is most likely because like if, if he gets killed some other, I think he will die. And if it happens some other way, that's like even weirder. Or it's like an accidental type of drug situation. I don't, I don't know. We will see. We'll I don't see. think that he's gonna, I don't know. He had that gleam in his eyes. They said in the previews. They Not all a big, have gleams in their eyes. But, but he yeah, has, it was a really funny one. Okay. They show him trying to like build a house on stage for, <laughs> so, for a presentation. That's the next day. He's up to his old bullshit. He is. He in is every up to way. his old bullshit. But that's why I think they might, it won't be like predict, predictable What makes you in think that, that he's going to learn something? Like what gives you that sense? Dramaturgically, I just don't want it to happen. <laughs> I, I just look, think. I, 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 I agree with you, but you I know think what that I he mean. is not. Like, I just don't think it will feel good. I think he will, maybe he'll sort of like accept that he doesn't, he shouldn't be the best, the top. Like there's, there will be one moment where he just sort of says, you know what? I don't know. That's when I see him. Because there's no dad. So like, there's no dad to fight. So that's the only. Yeah, he'll be broken when, when, when he dies, like he said. Uh, I guess we'll see. I I think that you're thinking about it as like, oh, just Kendall. So I won't feel anything good. Like there's all these other characters who things are going to happen to them. I just feel that Kendall is, there's no way that Kendall, because he hasn't shown one, one single indication of learning from his past mistakes. Except that he's not doing drugs. Yet. <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, why don't we see? He doesn't spend any time with his children, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rava was in one of the previews too, so we'll see when she comes back. Right. But anyway... That is it for this week's. Guys, if you love this show, if you love Succession as much as we do, if you really see, as one reviewer pointed out, we really see TV is for the art that it is, give us another great review because I love to see that, you know, we're talking to people who get it. And who want to, want to be at the same level of insane analysis as yeah. we are. Yeah. It's actually we crazy it. that, like, I could stop the show every second. Like I pause and I'm like, oh my God. And then that means blah, blah, blah. It's right. crazy. I, yeah. Thank you for, thank you for listening. Check out the recap on Betches.com where we award our character who deserves the biggest fuck off. We'll see who it is this week. We're working on it. We'll be back on Thursday with Jordana to talk about all celeb news and stuff like that. And Monday we have a new episode of S- Succession. As long as the show keeps going, so we really only have five more episodes left. And you can follow me at Aileen. Follow me at Sammy. And until next time, we here for you. ATM, we here for you. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, Rebecca Sosmacat, and Aliza Zim. Editing by Basilio Perez. Be sure to follow at Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. Betches.